Shalom, and thank you for joining us on another edition of Seekers of Meaning. We are grateful for your time. Now, these podcasts are designed to explore issues that relate to the implication of the revolution in longevity to ourselves, our families, as well as our community. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and you can reach me at Rabbi Address at JewishSacredAging.com. These podcasts are brought to you by Jewish Sacred Aging. Uh, and the website, jewishsacredaging.com. And we appreciate your support for these podcasts and our program. And in any way, we are grateful for your support. And if you would like to make a a, a tax-deductible contribution to further our work, we really do appreciate it. And if you go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com, and click on the donate button, just follow the prompts, and we are grateful for, for whatever you can do. Um, this will allow us to continue our work. And speaking of very, very sacred work, it is a, with a great deal of pleasure that we welcome to today's edition of Seekers of Meaning, Tia Newcomer, the Chief Executive Officer of Caring Bridge, uh, a program that I would imagine some of you are familiar with. Tia, thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, I'm very, very grateful and, um, for your work, um, Congratulations in advance. And also, we're posting this a couple of weeks after what I think you told me before we went on is the 25th anniversary of Caring Bridge. So uh, as we say in the trade, mazel tov. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you, Richard. Um, So tell me, let's let's start with the real, real basic uh, in case somebody does not understand or have not heard of Caring Bridge. What is it? Absolutely. No, and then thank you, by the way, for, for having me and on behalf of uh, the organization, we are humbled to share what CaringBridge does. And so, so to your question, CaringBridge is simply a social platform that is safe. You can choose your privacy settings where you can share with loved ones in one simple step what's going on in a health journey. We have actually about 75% of our users are caregivers. So you can imagine when you're hit with the news that someone in your life is going through a health journey, usually we get a lot of people with cancer diagnoses. You get overwhelmed not only with what you are supporting your loved one with, but there's a lot of questions from your community, uh, how they can help, what is going on. And so CaringBridge was founded to simply communicate in one place out uh, what is going on in your loved one's life as they face that health journey. So you're, you're based in Minnesota, correct? We are, yes, so, but we are international. So talk to me Helping. about how in this space of relatively short amount of time, this has become an international phenomenon. Yeah, I like to start with, and speaking of coming up on that 25th anniversary, so Sana Maring is our founder. Um, she founded CaringBridge in her basement 25 years ago out of this tremendous need. Her friend had had a premature baby who, and baby Bridget, hence the name CaringBridge, uh, actually passed away about seven days after her birth. During that time, though, her friend asked Sana, can you please call our friends and family? Well, Sana, after the third call, you can imagine you're absorbing the tremendous grief as well as communicating what's going on. In this health journey, she said, there's got to be a better way. She's a woman in STEM. She went down to her basement. And I I do like to point out Mark Zuckerberg was all of 13 years old when she went down to her basement and and coded that first social network. Um, Out of that, 
the need for people. So this is before, again, Facebook, before I think blogs were just starting to, to be a thing. And the web was just being born, 1997. So out of that, you can imagine there was a tremendous need around the globe for people to communicate in one easy place. So that is, we are, we serve over 240 different countries where we have people communicating out to their loved ones. So this is so to, to take it because uh, uh, probably almost every colleague who will hear this or watch this has had an occasion to be involved with a congregant and sometimes their own families with caring bridge. Mm-hmm. A caregiver overwhelmed. They may be dealing with months, months, sometimes more than that, but definitely weeks. Uh, they're, uh, they don't want to be alone. They are alone in many cases of caregivers. They want to be able to say, I, we need help. We need food. We need meals. What they go, they go on this website. So how do I access? If I'm right now saying I need to access this, I need help. Walk me through the journey of what I need to do as a caregiver to access care bridge, caring bridge. What's the website? What do I have to fill out? What do I have to do? Walk me through that. Great. Um, so actually, it's, I think, three simple steps. Honestly, you get on caringbridge.org. And I'll, on when you land on caringbridge.org, you will see a start a site now. You click on that button. You enter your email. You enter a couple of things, maybe the title, who you're helping, who the site is for. And then you will be brought to your own CaringBridge page. On that page, you can start to communicate out. It could be a quick update. You can fill in the story, if you would like, of the background of of the journey that your family member or friend is going through. There's also, we have things called ways to help. And that is where, like you said, the hardest thing for caregivers or even patients is to ask for help. And I like to tell people, too, that it's when we, well-meaning, come and say, how can I help? That actually puts the burden back on caregivers or patients because they're going through so much. Um, it, so what we do is we give tools, actually, things like meal train, signups, uh, GoFundMe if someone is in need of financial resources. We also have a planner tool. It's at the top of that webpage, you'll see a planner tool where it's literally a calendar that you or the caregiver or the patient can fill out. And it can be things like dog walk, need help with dog walk, um, need help mowing the lawn. And you can actually fill in on the calendar. Maybe I need a ride to my doctor's appointment. Maybe I just want to talk. A lot of times people just want company and that activating of the community around them. And so you can use that calendar to use activate your community and not and tell them what you need versus having your community ask you what you need which sometimes is is hard to do um and the oh the last thing i'll mention it's actually quite important people come to caring bridge out of that very acute need when they first get diagnosed with a uh, a health journey or a disease state the secondary benefit, and we have studies that show the tremendous impact on caregiver mental health, particularly, is when you're journaling about what you're feeling, what you're going through, and you can choose to share it or not, or keep it private to a certain amount of people or a broad amount of people. That actually reduces your stress or can have an impact up to 30% reduction in both anxiety and depression. So, when we think about all of those tools, again, primary tool, I need to communicate in one place and activate my community for help. 
there's a very big secondary benefit, which helps you process really that mental health journey that you're going through as you're helping someone. Yeah, that's really important given uh, uh, the mental health impact, especially now uh, pandemic wise, that's exploding around around the country and around the world. Um, this idea of not being alone, because a lot of caregivers, you know, despite that they may be surrounded by family or a congregation, but in message, in, in essence, a lot of times they really are alone. They're sitting there in the middle of the night or getting up or in the morning and trying to figure things out. I, I, I know that many the Caring Bridge people that I've been involved with, they will, as you mentioned, I think this is really important. It's, it's not only, yes, I need the meals, but this is the update. This is the daily update. So you don't have to keep calling and calling and calling. Just go on the site and we'll tell you, yes, this is where we are. This is where we are, we've been and this is where we hope to go. I imagine, I guess that also alleviates a lot of the stress. The GoFundMe page, that, that, that may be new to some people. What, talk to me about that. How do you manage that? And to be blunt about it, how do you manage that so, so, so people don't get ripped off or, or victims of a scam? Yeah, we actually, so we have a partnership with GoFundMe. So it's a secure partnership where you can get, uh, you link out directly to GoFundMe and they've got actually some great mechanisms in place to make sure that um, the funds that you donate to that person get to that person. So we feel very good. We, we actually do a lot of vetting for the partners that we suggest. Um, so we feel very good about giving people to go fund me in that situation, especially if they need that kind of help. The, what's the, uh, uh, I'm sure you've done some diagnostics. What can you give a sense of how, what's the average length of time somebody spends with their loved one on caring bridge? Yeah, that's a, um, so about two thirds of our users. Um, so let's call it 75% stay on caring bridge for five to six months. Wow. And so when we talk about that, you know, I look at it and that's a very acute time um, that you are going through a health journey. And so we know that about, again, that, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. 90% of people are new to CaringBridge every single year. So that tells you that we have 10% that stay on for longer than a year, but 90% need that help in a very acute moment, activate their community they're going through their treatment, they're giving updates, and then, you know, they get through that health journey and CaringBridge um, is there for them uh, in their next instance of, of need. So it is a very, I, I call it acute need that is at that moment, usually of diagnosis and when you're first going through treatment for the, your health journey. Wow. But, um, five to six months, that's, that's a very interesting figure. So it, this is an extensive engagement. Follow when, when let's suppose the, the engagement ends, the, the the need for the caring bridge ends. Is there any kind of like follow up or exit interview? I mean, it's maybe the bad term, wrong term, but that somebody, you know, a couple of months later says, how are you doing or how was the experience for you? I'm, do you do that? Hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of, uh, so one I'll, I'll shout out to my, we have a actual personal team that's in a call center that handles calls every single day from our users. Uh, they also reach out if there's any, if they notice anything that, that may be wrong with your site. And we, again, we take a lot of inbound calls. So um, we do have email communications that, you know, just check in. 
And we have surveys all the time that, that pop up for our different users or via email that you can submit you know, feedback. And that's actually how we came to launch things like the planner or things like uh, Meal Train or GoFundMe because we hear what the need is from our, our users that are in that state where like, if I only had this thing. And so I'll give you a peek to the, to the future. We do know, um, I'll give you a fascinating stat. Actually, we have about 45,000 people that start a site on CaringBridge every single year. Um, of those, half actually use the site. And what we mean by that is they, they interact with that site or they, they create a journal entry twice up to two, two plus times a month. So you go from, I created a site, but then there's actually using the site. And we've, we've been diving into, okay, why, what are we missing that we're not meeting that point of need for those, you know, the other half of those people that don't engage or continue their use of CaringBridge. And what we found is that while the, we know that the secondary benefit of journaling is that, that anxiety and stress release and depression release or uh, um, decline, but also people, when they're in that moment of need and they're overwhelmed, looking at a blank screen that says, please communicate out with the, the community can be daunting. And so we're in the process of, of putting in prompts um, so it can kind of help people through those first, like, what should I say? And giving them ideas, prompts, so it makes it easier to share those updates or journals at that first moment. So this is, um, do you have, uh, and again, we're talking to uh, uh, Tia Newcomer, the Chief Executive Officer of Caring Bridge, uh, which is known probably to some of you and many of my colleagues. Um, do you have any type of, again, again this is a, from a Luddite, a technical support? I mean, somebody who may not be computer savvy, but has heard about this and somebody says, go on caringbridge.org and they'll, and they'll help you out. Do you have people who say, yes, Richard, here, let us walk you through how to set this up? Yes, you can call our call center anytime, or we have a chat function as well where and they can either take you through via chat online or they will say call me at this number and that is that are, those are those wonderful people i'm talking about that sit in our call center um, a group of people that actually many of them have uh, faith-based backgrounds or uh, social social work backgrounds so they are so empathetic and they know not only can they help you with the technical side but they do a great job of really knowing where you're at in that health journey, which, you know, can be different on every single day or, you know, minute to minute, hour to hour. Well, you, you know, you alluded to the, to this in, in, in what you just said, how, how do you handle somebody who calls the call center and they're in the middle of their caregiving journey? It's just overwhelming. And, you know, we've done enough programs and with caregiving and the impact upon a person's health, um, leaving a job, their own personal finances, the economics, what we call the economics of aging, all, all coalesce around the caregiving journey. And there's a lot of psycho-spiritual, you know, why questions. Do you have people who can, you know, provide, I don't use want to use the word therapy, but let's say spiritual support or uh, from a, from a, not from a neutral perspective? Are they are they trained to do that? Um, talk to me about that. 
Yeah, um, I'm going to, to your point, so they are not trained, but who we hire are people of uh, faith-based background and or social work. So what we find, I, oftentimes I will, they sit right outside of my office and I'll come out of my office and uh, they will be in prayer with someone. Really? Uh, regardless of faith. I, I've seen it so many times. They will be just there to listen. And they know, I, I just, I can't describe while they're not trained by us, they are trained obviously in their background and what they bring to the table. So it is a very special uh, group of people that we, that we hire to have those conversations because you never know. Some people can be in that anger moment, right? We go through those stages of grief and they may be angry, um, not at CaringBridge, the tool, but that's how it's coming across. So the team knows how to, they, let me give you another example. I come from a, a previous background in life sciences, and so I've, I've managed and, and overseen call centers where the idea is how, how quickly can you solve someone's problem and get the next person on the phone? That is not what we measure at CaringBridge at all. In fact, most of our calls are 10 plus minutes with anyone that calls into our call center. So the idea is what is your need? And it may not even be a caring bridge tool need. It may just be someone to listen, to pray. Um, so those people that are in our call center are pretty amazing. T, what, what brought you to caring bridge? Was there something that was triggered in your soul or personally? Can you share what, what, why, why? Yeah, no, thank you for asking. So I'm going to tell you two, two stories, two reasons. Um, one, my husband is a two-time cancer survivor. So being married to someone, and one, one I did not know him, he was 17 years old, and one, I was six months pregnant with our second daughter. So going through that cancer journey, you know, I, I'm acutely aware of some of those needs. Now, at that time, we did not use CaringBridge, but my husband is also retired recently, firefighter, paramedic, uh, lieutenant in the fire department. And so CaringBridge was used quite often in the fire department. Uh, across that need, right? You, you have a lot of acute need, not only in the calls that they go on, but also within the fire department, which operates much like a community of family. The second reason um, from a purpose-driven, I'll call it purpose-driven life, that, you know, you, you come to a moment, and my husband has this quote that I, I love, it's what you do today is important because you exchange a day of your life for it. So if I think about the time that I give away from my family into a role that hits pretty hard and deep. And so about 10 years ago, going through that retro or introspective view of what is my, what can I give back to the world, even in work? And so it has led me into the healthcare space. And then when CaringBridge came across my desk and, and by the other second story I'll share is at that moment, our neighbor, uh, had been sharing our, our direct neighbor right next to us. Had, his wife was going through stage four cancer and they were using Caring Bridge. And so I'll never forget when that role came across my desk, CEO of Caring Bridge. And I thought, wow, what an amazing organization. And there's a lot. How, how do we get this to more people? So you, you've been involved with Caring Bridge for how long now? Actually, it will be one year on June 1st Okay, so as the you, CEO. Yes. So you're a year and Caring Bridge is 25 years. So um, 
have you and and you you have these amazing statistics on the website one of them is 400,000 visitors to caring bridge per day yes per one day. every yeah. one every 7 minutes one that's, person every 7 minutes that's, that's an amazing that's an amazing statistic if yeah. somebody uh let's say where i live in beautiful southern new jersey wants to be wants to volunteer can can you do you take volunteers of people from around the country or is it just where you are we actually we are um so we don't have a volunteer base because everything we do think about think about it this way we're very different than most nonprofits in that what we provide is actually a digital technology service so uh the team that i have is we talked about the call center but then we also have technology and product people that are developing this platform making sure it works um coding new features so it's it's operates more like a digital company Um, so we don't have volunteers, but here's an interesting, that maybe for, for your listeners, I would, I would love to share is that we operate 90% on people that have used CaringBridge, their donations there, and their average donation is $52. So we have this tremendous group of people that come in and see the power of CaringBridge by using it. And on average, they donate one time $52 and that's what sustains our ability to keep making that product better what have you noticed in your experience in this last year has there been a shift um in the caregiver what what what's the major issue that comes to caring bridge is it cancer Mm -hmm. is it something else or does it vary and follow up um as i'm sure I, i would assume that they've done some some examining of this has things really spiked with the pandemic? Mm. Yeah, there's a lot in there. So 70% of our sites are cancer related. Wow. wow. Um, yes. And that is primarily adult cancer uh, of that breast cancer is one of the largest and then, you know, lung cancer and blood related cancers. And so, you know, the other 30% we saw a spike actually people going through COVID using caring bridge. We had it at bedside in some hospitals. So we, we, come in and out or traumatic injuries that people need again have that acute need to communicate with their community but again it's mostly a cancer um cancer driven need and what we found you know you asked about caregivers so we know that through the pandemic you know caregivers have doubled unpaid caregivers oh yes and we just did a study um at the end of 2021 with a uh, organization called arc angels they're out of new york uh, they're doing some tremendous work to really, one, support caregivers when they are out of the workforce and then come back in and have that break in their resume. You talked about impact to income, to jobs. But what we did with them, um, and Archangels has put together what is called a caregiver intensity index. And they did some work with the CDC during COVID and showed that that index, that intensity index, whether you're in the green, yellow, or red, is very important. And what they do is you take a quiz online, it gets on Archangels, um, archangels.com, and it spits out, are you in the red? Are you in the yellow? Are you in the green? It gives you resources, one of them being CaringBridge, uh, that can help you through that index that you're going through. 
why that's important and what we studied is we took the general population we said okay general population looks like this on average what is caring what do caring bridge caregivers look like in that caregiver intensity index and what we found is um caring bridge users have some specific uh, we'll call them buffers and then drivers of stress and so now we're diving deeper into that the buffers are important and that is that they don't feel manipulated or resentful when they're doing in this role of caregiver that's important because that act of activating your community and journaling is really helping them not feel isolated they also feel like they have people in their corner and that's almost two times more than the national population and the, both of those statistics are two to five times more than the the general population so using caring bridge provides you that buffer and then the last one is that you feel like family is connected and around you so all of these lead to you know, feeling supported, feeling like someone's in your corner and feeling like you have someone to go ask for help, which is important as a caregiver. Now, I will, I'll end with, importantly in that study, and this is where we're also diving deeper to see what we can provide to alleviate this, is there were marked differences versus the general population what is driving stress in the caring bridge caregiver population. And that was the impact on work, and when we dove a little bit deeper, we have a lot of sandwich generation caregivers. So they're come right, they're taking care of their their parents or older generation while they have a younger generation, 18 and younger in their household. And so that impact on work was almost 10 times greater felt in our caring bridge population. So we're diving into that and saying, okay, how can we help and what resources can we provide? Um, and then the last one that was a top driver was they felt like there was no time for them. And that was almost two times greater. And that again, sandwich generation where you, there is no time for you. And that, that, that is, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot under there. So we at CaringBridge are looking for ways again in that product. When you ask about volunteers, it's really about how do we uh, get those donations to continue to develop our products so we can get people the resources to help. Have you done an, an, an analysis in any way, shape, or form of the demography that who's who's using CaringBridge, socioeconomic um, diversity? Uh, have you looked at that? Uh, and and if so, if there's a lack in one particular community, uh, uh, is there some sort of a PR to use a I guess an overdone phrase about how to how to access various communities that may not be that familiar with caring bridge or there's a technology issue or a cultural issue about using this have you done that we are in so i'm going to say yes and we can do better <laughs> to be very to be very straightforward no, 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 so no. yeah okay and here's here's why i say that is we're just diving into some of this data because it is so important so what here's what i know when people, authors, so there's a difference between authors and then visitors, right? Visitors are supporting the health journey. The authors are usually the caregiver. So our caregivers tend to be female. It's about a 70-30 split, male-female. And they tend to uh, be white and age 40 plus. And so we are diving into that. Now, users, people that are visiting, uh, we represent the population. And so what we're looking at is how do we reach, to your point, the, because there are other people that need us, especially when you look at cancer. Cancer does not discriminate. Right. Uh, breast cancer is one of our largest. It does not discriminate. In fact, black women are more likely to um, 
suffer different types of outcomes and oftentimes more negative when they're going through a breast cancer journey. So we're diving into how can we reach those populations to your point in a different way. Um, partnerships like Access Hope, if you have not heard of them, they'd be a great one to uh, Access Hope basically is a subsidiary of City of Hope, a nonprofit. And Access Hope hooks up your doctor in a rural community with a Mayo, MD Anderson, um, some of the best cancer oncology practices, and they consult with your local doctor so that you basically are getting the best practice the best care and the best second opinion, even though you're not you know, flying to or in that local community of a, of a big cancer oncology center. Wow. Yeah. So it's an all ongoing. I, I would imagine that as you continue to expand, I mean, you know, you have 400,000 visitors to Caring Bridge every day. Um, this could be an, a, a rather daunting task to start doing all these studies, but yet, Given the diversity of the country, um, it probably is something that is that is very need, very much in need to to because this is a great service. I mean, I, I every clergy person I know has that experience with this. Before we conclude, once once again, if somebody wants to touch base with you, how do they do it? What do they go to the Mister Computer or Mister Google? Or what do they What do they go to? Yes, caringbridge.org. And you can also download, we do have an app on iOS or Android. Just type in CaringBridge and that is a, a you can have an app uh, to access both sites and start a site. So caringbridge.org or go to iOS or the app Android store and you can download our app, CaringBridge. So you can carry this around on your phone. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good point because, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing. Thank you very, very much, Tia. Uh, again, we've been talking to Tia Newcomer, the Chief Executive Officer of Caring Bridge, caringbridge.org. Um, and I thank you and just wish you, first of all, congratulations on your one your one year. Uh, congratulations on the 25th of anniversary of Caring Bridge. And just uh, on behalf of us at Jewish Sacred Aging, wish you just uh, much luck. Uh, and the future and continued success because what you're doing really is sacred work. It really, really is. So you've, you've touched a lot of people and helped a lot of people in moments of crisis and let them know that they're not alone. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, and to Richard. All of you, oh my, believe me, our pleasure. To all of you, thank you again for listening or watching to today's edition of Seekers of Meaning, the podcast arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. And again, a reminder that we do appreciate any support you can give us to the website, jewishsacredaging.com. Click on the donate button for a tax-deductible uh, donation to help our work. Secrets of Meaning is produced at the Broadcast Center of Lubetkin Media in beautiful Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And again, a shout out to our producer, Steve Lubetkin. Again, I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and we look forward to greeting you on the next Secrets of Meaning TV show and podcast. And in the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy, be kind to everyone. Take care. Shalom.